Welcome to Cloud Radio, made for full-stack cloud operators. Cloud Radio covers all aspects of the business of software. Well, I'm excited to have Ben, the CEO of Vantage, here to talk about cloud cost containment. First came on my radar in, I believe, March or April, where they had announced that they were now tracking open AI data and, and cost trends. And within five minutes, like a surge in interest, and this is as everyone's trying to figure out what's happening with uh, open AI and cloud cost optimization has been you know, a huge topic of interest, both on Wall Street and then just generally across the whole technology spectrum. And I identified Vantage as having a very, very unique platform with a lot of spend under management, a customer base that gives them real data insight into what's happening. And so with some persistence, I was able to get Ben on the show and they recently raised the Series A led by Scale Venture Partners and Andreessen Horowitz. Um, they're growing like a weed and maybe he can tell us a little bit more about himself. Yeah, no, Matt, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Ben Schechter. I'm co-founder and CEO of Vantage. Uh, background on me, I'm a former software engineer turned product manager turned entrepreneur. Uh, I've been working on Vantage for the greater part of the last three years, but prior to that, I worked at Amazon Web Services, as well as DigitalOcean. And the company is now helping over 7,000 organizations globally, tracking into billions of dollars of annualized cloud costs. We currently support 11 different providers, so AWS, Azure, GCP, uh, you mentioned OpenAI, Databricks, Datadog, kind of the list is growing on and on and on. So. Yeah, good to be here and chat today. Awesome. And just like long term, like where are we in the cycle of cloud cost optimization? Like kind of what inning are we and maturity level at? Yeah, so I feel like the last couple of years, there was this initial like freak out moment, for lack of a better phrase, where everyone kind of asked that question of how efficient is my spend? Uh, what is our FinOps story? Certain enterprise organizations just had a really good handle on on this kind of over the span of the last couple of years. But a lot of companies, it was their first moment where growth had slowed down. They had to take a moment at kind of like bottom line efficiency. And so they're in kind of that 2020 phase. Everyone kind of ratcheted up on growth. And then in 2021, it was this moment of, hey, it's time to kind of like take a look at the bottom line as it relates to the top line. Depending upon the provider and the stage of the company, it's a bit all over the place, which is probably not a great answer. But from from our perspective, I think we are for kind of tech forward companies. They have gotten a handle on the initial low hanging fruit on the efficiency side of things. And then for more laggard organizations, I think we're actually still in the early innings. The kind of anecdotal anecdotal um, perspective I can give is that I still get on a, a number of prospective current customer calls where they're doing their first set of analysis for cloud optimization. So it's a bit all over the place, depending upon the stage of the company. I'll say we're past the initial like shock moment where everyone kind of did their initial due diligence on like what commitments can we make from like an EDP savings plan reserved to instance perspective to do those kind of like quick lock-ins. And now it's more about the practicing ongoing, making sure that you have a FinOps practice and vendor in place to do these kind of like 
longer term optimization. So yeah, I think there's kind of like two segments that the first wave is probably good and the second wave is just beginning to just beginning to get in full force. And are there any like patterns in there in terms of like enterprises? Some of this has been going on for some time, but middle market, you know, the macro environment kind of accelerated some of this, just some pattern recognition for like the generalists here. Yeah, I think it, it really comes down to like how sophisticated the organization is from like their FinOps or cost optimization practice ongoing, which is like honestly a bit hard to tell even in these days, like how many by volume on the enterprise side are tech forward versus not. But let me let me give an explanation mm-hmm. of what that means initially, and then that'll probably like clarify something. If you're like a technology company and it's your bread and butter, chances are you have people on your team who are thinking about these commitments or ways of saving money just by nature of like who those people are on their team. And so it, it might be in the nature of the, the engineering team or the FinOps team or whoever's ultimately responsible for optimizing that budget to go, hey, here are the five things I know we need to do because I've just naturally been aware of what's happening from a from a technology perspective in order to to get a discount or find savings. Those are things like the easy things are like committed use discounts or EDPs or savings plans and so on and so forth. Uh, the other category is where it's their first time really understanding that there's kind of efficient use versus inefficient use on cloud. And that's where, if I had to guess by number of customers, there's more in that latter category, which are just beginning to build their FinOps practices. They're just beginning to understand these discounts that they can get kind of in mass. And then there's a whole swath of work that's still yet to be done on what I'd call the ongoing day-to-day practicing work that's required just to have efficient use. Now, the difference between these two categories is that there might be a smaller number of tech forward companies that actually just have a large amount of spend that are associated with them. And then there's a large number of non-tech forward companies that might have smaller amounts of spend and how you see that impact on the large tree infrastructure providers or other cloud service providers. It's a, it's a bit hard to know right now. For sure. And like, what's like a dollar threshold of, someone with cloud spend that makes sense to come to you to like take on a project like this? So the unique thing about Vantage is we're actually largely agnostic to the size of the spend. We have certain organizations that are spending in the hundreds of millions of dollars annualized across all of these cloud infrastructure providers that we have that extending all the way down into startups, SMBs, mid-market, all the way down. I mean, we have self-service tiers that technically, if you're an individual, we have a free tier where you can sign up for Vantage and plug in all your accounts and do it with a couple hundred bucks a month. In in general, like where we start to be able to really provide value to an organization or where it's like meaningful enough to the organization to come to us is around 50K a month in terms of cloud spend and then ratchet up from there. Um, and obviously like the more spend an organization has typically that maps to you the opportunity on an absolute dollar basis, but we have certain name brand customers that have a, a smaller amount of spend, smaller being in kind of like high five figures, low fig, six figures per month that like, you know, are, are just getting going. And then we have people who are like in the tens or hundreds of millions of dollars annualized that have like a very robust FinOps, FinOps practice. And so it's kind of 
all over the place in terms of like what we see for for people in general the the constant is everyone would like to have a, a better handle on saving money or getting visibility on their spend and so on and so forth and then just for like the non-technologist the business generalist like myself like you can kind of intuit what okay cost optimization is somehow they're getting it down but like how exactly does vantage enable that this distinction to you that i'll that i'll mention so um vantage at the end of the day we we sell kind of like two things maybe three depending on how technical you are but the first thing is cost reporting and visibility and this includes things like creating cost reports by team doing cost allocation um doing showback chargeback or total cost of ownership for a team I would say that is like 90% of our business is just giving folks the tools they need to kind of practice or analyze their cloud costs. And from that, there's a lot of things that you can do just on savings by administering things organizationally. So it's like, hey, I just need to show this team or this business unit how much they're spending. Let's set them up with a report. We can go in and do diligence all of the resources that they have that are driving those costs. We can assign them a budget. And just by nature of doing that and tracking it, there's a certain amount of scrutiny that comes with that, and that team will kind of optimize accordingly. And that's kind of like the ongoing practicing that every single company should do. There's the second category, which is what I would call like pure optimization. And this is, I kind of like colloquially refer to this as um, kind of a low-hanging fruit for a variety of organizations. And this is something that uh, anyone in the finance world or investment world will get where there are these primitives where you can get a discount and a pretty significant discount for merely committing to use. And so on AWS, this is called a savings plan or a reserved instance, or it's bundled together as something referred to as an EDP. So uh, enterprise discount program or plan. And that's essentially saying, hey, I'm going to spend $10 million or whatever for the next year across these services. And in exchange for that, I will get a 20, 30, 40% uh, per unit discount. That is kind of, there is a, there is a primitive for AWS, for Azure, for Google cloud, as well as certain services like Datadog, where you can commit and you can receive that discount. Then there's kind of this long tail of other, what I call like technical optimization things that you can do, which are like, do I have the right server configuration? Do I have the right storage configuration? In certain cases you can change one or the other and receive a better price to performance ratio which the net effect of that is your bill goes down and then there's kind of a long tail of other like technical minutiae things but i would say after that first initial optimization that's like hey let's make sure our commitments are in place which i think is kind of like the bulk of the optimization that's been happening in the last year or two uh you kind of transition or layer on this accountability going forward and theoretically if you have this accountability uh, on going forward from a reporting and visibility perspective, maybe the last year or two wouldn't have been so rough from this like impact to, to the hyperscalers type of situation, right? Because people would have been practicing kind of along the way. So anyway, that's kind of the delineation, how we help people save money. The software kind of like programmatically does that in certain cases and so on and so forth. That's very helpful. And then like taking that a step further, you would think that some of the root cause here is from the big three or any of the the cloud service providers is that their reporting or the transparency that end users got was somehow less than ideal for all of these purposes 
Yeah. And there's kind of like two reasons for that, in my opinion. So one is the hyperscalers themselves. And when I refer to those, I mean like AWS, Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud, they're really giving you like uh, high level reporting tools for just knowing your aggregate level spend, which is helpful, but they're not really investing a ton in like what I'd call the FinOps kind of workflows. And these are things like if you want to do organizational cost allocation by team or by business unit or function, I don't think that like that's a separate SaaS vendor, like something like Vantage or another provider in market. And you just can't rely on like those hyperscalers giving you those like kind of robust enterprise grade tools that you need to, to kind of perform that work. And the second thing, which I actually think is the more interesting part of the story, is if you're a customer and you're trying to do cost optimization, you're not looking at just AWS, you're not looking at just Microsoft Azure, you're kind of looking at everything that contributes to to COGS, right? Or anything that's contributing to like cloud usage-based costs. And it's not by chance that we we offer the 11 names that we do for the 11 providers that we have. And we have another five or six on, on route, but their names like Splunk or Oracle Cloud or IBM Cloud. And it's because customers just expect to have a tool that will plug into all of these various things that are contributing to their costs and then be able to allocate accordingly on that. And so I think it's not to like, you know, shill vantage, but it's it's kind of a necessity where like you kind of need a FinOps tool that will plug into everything that contributes to costs to do cost allocation across all of your providers or cost optimization across all of your providers. And you just can't rely on any one of them to do it super, super well. That makes sense. And yeah, you need a best of breed tool and you can't count on these vendors, right? Like that's one thing that's always jumped out at me when reading earnings calls or you know, analyst commentary is that inherent tension of like, well, what is a hyperscaler really going to provide on the cost optimization side? Like there's just an inherent tension there. Yeah, and there are certain providers that actually do try to do the right thing. So like Amazon, uh, for, for the record, like I know that there are certain teams that have goals for getting their customers on committed use discounts and specifically like savings plans and reserved instances. The reason there's a variety of reasons for that, but like at the end of the day, Amazon is also getting the ability to kind of know and model like, okay, how much of our spend is committed for the long term versus kind of this on-demand spikiness. There's different use cases for both. And then also it goes to their ability to forecast their hardware requirements, right? So if they know exactly how much they need to uh, have in terms of like EC2, they can go and make sure that their data centers are actually sized appropriately for the next one or three years. They can invest with their suppliers to a stronger degree, actually at the benefit of their end customers where, you know, they're kind of consistently trying to deliver on, on better price performance. So I think there's pockets where they're trying to do the right thing. Um, I think it's just you know, sheer number of customers and the immediacy of it in the last year or two, that's maybe caught everyone off guard a little bit. But anywho, that yes, like uh, it, short answer uh, being there. That's that's very helpful, like color, right? To see that there are some motivations behind why they would do that, actually. Um, and then it, kind of a transition point from that is I know in April, Morgan Stanley kind of had a big think piece saying that cloud cost optimization ultimately leads to more spend long-term, more workloads moving towards the cloud. And I want to get your input on that thesis. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think it's correct. Um, there's actually some some data that we're putting together ourselves. I mean, actually, if you even back up to the first part of the conversation we we're having here, it's like these discounts that the providers are giving, they're giving them for a good reason, right? And I think they they know this as well. Like, it's not like AWS is is uh, you know uh, just randomly giving away a thirty or forty or fifty percent discount. They're doing it because they have that exact same data where. I mean, think of it this way. If you're a customer and you don't know how well-optimized uh, your spend is, you might be a bit touch-and-go as to whether or not you want to commit 2024, 2025 budget to that. Whereas if you have the confidence that you're well-optimized and you're running your business as kind of efficiently as you can, you might be more incentivized to spend more or complete a migration from on-prem on or private cloud to public cloud. Uh, Whereas until you have that confidence, it, it's just a bit more difficult to make that investment. So I think there's a couple different things. One, I haven't read this specific report or the specific details that are in that, but largely like directionally agree with it. The second thing is I think that is known by the hyperscalers, which is why they offer this. Datadog does the same thing. There's a few other providers that do the same thing. When customers get efficient spend, they end up spending more. And then the third thing is like, we actually at Vantage are, are in process of putting together some data on this just as like an independent third party um, for being able to show this as well, because we actually think it's the right thing, not only to temporarily, you know, save money, but also just get to this confidence of like efficient use so you can better run your business. So no, I think that's like a, a perfectly reasonable kind of like statement or take or thesis. And I, I think we, we have the potential of seeing it show up in kind of like future quarters, years for, for the hyperscalers. And then does all of, do all of these optimization efforts lead to greater lock-in with whoever you optimize with? It's a good question. I mean, depending upon, short answer is yes. I mean, um, with some of the mechanisms that are used for, for commitments. So, um, just again, like the the way that you're getting a discount is that you're committing to a certain amount of use each each uh, technically each month, each hour, uh, but for a term of either one or three years, typically sometimes more with with certain EDPs. That is assuming that you're like all in on uh, one of those clouds and you negotiate one of those things, or you you sign up for one of those uh, mechanisms. Like, yeah, technically you're committing to that provider. Whereas if you didn't make those commitments, it might be more haphazard to switch from one to another. It's usually with certain buckets of spend. So predominantly compute spend, which is usually the largest bucket of spend. So yes, like you are, you are ultimately kind of like, you know, hitching, hitching your company to that specific provider that you're, you're getting that commitment with. And so that's mainly like contractual, like, right. So a lot of, a lot of this cost optimization is is taking advantage of these EDPs as opposed to like reprogramming your IT. Again, it's all for the generalists and the, the investor types that this is more of a contractual process than a like an engineering process. It's it's both. It it really depends on I will say like the the immediate short term optimization that typically happens is with contractual commitments and that usually covers the largest categories of um, public cloud spend. So like compute databases, um, maybe certain types of like caches or data warehouses. 
The, the other thing too, which I haven't really mentioned, but is happening a lot more these days as well, is that large enterprises will also line up EDPs with multiple vendors. So for example, they'll actually broker an EDP um, or a discount with AWS at the same time as Google, at the same time as Azure. They have the ability to run multi-cloud. And then every single year, they will see what discounts they can get or what workloads they can get covered and then potentially make transitions from one cloud to another on that. Another thing that I see popping up a bunch is like comparisons between different cloud service providers. So like Datadog, New Relic, um, Snowflake, Databricks. Uh, there's a whole bunch of these like comparisons where I think like five years ago, people would just be like, what are the AWS services that I have at my disposal? And now everyone's like, well, what is the best vendor that's going to give me the ultimate kind of like priced performance you know, consideration for my company and, and take a look at it from that. So yeah, the, to, to directly answer your question, like, yes, there's contractual things that are like quick. And then there's like the ongoing technical things that are longer term that can actually yield significant savings. It's just a bit specific or bespoke to to each organization. Okay. Then this next question is very similar is like, what would the timeline be? Like, let's just say, we, we could maybe divide this up between like the tech forward sophisticated company and then kind of like a middle market company or an industrial company that's never really focused on this. Let's let's go with the industrial company. They come to Vantage and say, Ben, like we need to step it up. Like how long does it take to really yield some improvements? Yeah, there's, there's I'll give you a couple different anecdotes. It's like kind of the, the best thing I can give you, which is like, we have certain customers who, so we have a managed service that will apply savings on behalf of the customer um, where like, if they don't have anything in-house, they can outsource its advantage. That's something where it can be, you know, 24 hours. They flip that on, they get going. That usually covers like the, the vast majority of like the savings that are able to be yielded in a quick fashion. Um, there's other organizations that are like non-tech forward that are super early in their like on-prem to public cloud migration where like actually none of this is impacting anything initially but it might uh give them more considerations for their transition than it otherwise would have so let me give you an example there's a kind of a group of customers that historically been running in data centers they are just beginning their their kind of five-year digital transformation story from on on-prem to public cloud and where I think before they would have just, hey, let's decommission these things on-prem, let's go to public cloud. They're actually working with a vendor like Vantage from the get-go to make sure as they transition from on-prem to public cloud, that that transition is going to a efficient use transition, right? And that's where it's gonna be this like slow kind of ramp up over the span of the next probably like three to five years, which otherwise would have been like a much quicker quicker ramp. And then there's kind of like, I would say the most nebulous category, which is like, it really depends on the organization where like they're all in on public cloud or like the vast majority is there. And it's up to kind of the, their prioritization as to how much they want to have their software engineering or infrastructure teams devote to optimization versus like running the business. And to be honest, that's like all over the place, like all over the place for, for what, for what organizations are doing, how they prioritize it, how they prioritize that relative to growth. That makes sense. And are there like any downsides to optimizing, like slowing down your engineering team, tying up resources? Like why wouldn't you optimize your spend? 
Um, good question. That is, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, of a good answer. I mean, so like one is like, if you know you are not going to stay on a particular provider uh, and you want to have the option to transition from one provider to another, that is like one area that I see increasingly being asked as a question very actively by organizations these days in a way that I actually never saw it happen years ago, where the question is becoming like in this kind of commoditization of public cloud infrastructure, is the right thing for us to commit to AWS? Is the right thing for us to commit to Azure? Or should we go and work with some of these other kind of like upstart providers that actually are able to provide like really competitive offerings and have meaningful meaningful savings to the customer over the long term where you may be willing to take a hit. I mean, the same thing between uh, public clouds where like you may not want to sign a $100 million EDP with with AWS if you're going to get a better deal in a couple months from Microsoft, Azure, Google Cloud, right? Like those are the types of conversations that are happening that are more strategic in terms of like the, the general practicing like outside of commitments by just like, hey, let's have our teams like scrutinize what their spend is or perform cost allocation that I don't really see any downsides into other than like um, organizational constraints. Like we just don't have the software engineering time or people to commit to this effort right now. We want to get to it in the future. Sometimes that expedites the need to work with a vendor like Vantage. Sometimes it pauses it indefinitely. Um, but more often than not these days, like most organizations are actively seeking like a a vendor um, to help with this swath of work. Okay, this is this is all very helpful, like kind of setting the table for all of this stuff. And then if we could transition to, you know, the services you cover outside of the, the hyperscalers and maybe talk through kind of like where we are maturity wise and some of the, you know, cost observation, cost optimization, and maybe set that up against, you know, what the baseline is that you see with AWS, et cetera, in terms of like the maturity there. Yeah. So let me list off some of the, let me, let me list off some of the names of the other providers that we have. Um, yep. I'll explain like why this is important for certain organizations. Then I can talk through the, the commitments or, you know, optimizations that are happening on that side of the house. So first of all, um, Vantage currently has four for 11, a few more are on the way for what we refer to as cloud service providers. And these are things outside of a traditional infrastructure as a service provider. So in addition to AWS, Azure, Google Cloud, organizations will typically use these days like five to 10, sometimes more providers just to run their business. And these are things like Datadog or New Relic for monitoring, Snowflake and Databricks for data warehouse, data warehouse work. We have MongoDB Atlas support. We added OpenAI support. Fastly is like a, is a provider for a lot of like our media companies. And the reason why this is important is for certain organizations, those services as a contributor to COGS can be like material. And mm -hmm. I think surprisingly, those contributors can actually outsize the infrastructure as a service providers. And I've seen this, like I've seen where Snowflake and Dataverse bills are larger than the AWS bill, which is like pretty well. I mean, I've seen like crazy Datadog bills. And so uh, yeah, kind yeah. of the story that we we're talking about earlier, it's like, well, if you're doing cost optimization or cost allocation, like you you need to have support uh, for, for those providers just to be able to like really impact things from, from your perspective. In terms of the 
in terms of like where we're at from like an optimization perspective with those providers, I will say it is a bit more difficult to see for the, the non big three cloud providers for where we're at. Um, the most actively discussed one that we get is with Datadog. Datadog tends to be like as opaque or complicated from a billing perspective and kind of runs alongside your, your AWS spend. And then the other one that's just getting a lot of scrutiny these days is Snowflake. And I would say, I don't really have a handle to be totally honest on like where we're at in that optimization curve. I just know that those three names, AWS, Datadog, and Snowflake are typically like the big three that are asked together. And I think it's specific to just how much spend, um, how much spend companies have, you know, on those three. But like, if you just look at like market, like revenue for infrastructure providers versus Datadog versus Snowflake, it's probably roughly akin to like their revenue and the impact that, you know, from, from where things are at in the cycle. That makes sense. And like, just kind of high level. And as I imagine you have like a pretty good window into lots of different stakeholders and decision makers of, you notice any just overall trends in terms of companies being more price sensitive, right? Like I, earlier in the conversation, you were talking about how someone thinks about like that strategic decision between AWS and Google or, and that, you know, compared to three years ago, five years ago, are people more willing to weight price heavily when they make a, a product decision? Oh yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Like it's, I mean, even from my time when I worked at AWS, it was kind of a joke where I didn't work on anything pricing cost related, but uh, just on the product that I work on, you know, there was usually a joke a week from customers that's like, and if you can help with the bill, you know, like we'll, we'll take your help on it. And it was like always said in this kind of like, you know, uh, kind of like comical, comical way. And then, I mean, just even over the, the, over the span of the last three years that Vantage has been around, like the influx that we've had, even over the span of the last 12-ish months has been pretty ridiculous in a good way, um, I think for, for the company, but also for the market where like every single business out there is doing this analysis on like, just asking the question, like, is our spend efficient or not? And so with that comes just scrutiny on like, how much are we spending for this? Or what is like our bottom line consideration when launching this service or this product? Or um, if you're a publicly traded company and you've been writing growth, like uh, suddenly that's slowed a bit and you need to work on your bottom line. And like, what's one of the main contributors to bottom line costs beyond people? Like in most cases, it can be public cloud infrastructure depending upon the company, right? And so I think it's just good hygiene from a company perspective to like ask the question, which is why everyone's doing it. And my hope and expectation is that this is just kind of like the new, the new norm where like, this is a bit of a hot take, but like, um, you know, 2008 mortgage crisis, like there's just added scrutiny on what it takes to like actually go and get a mortgage. And like, I think the new normal that we're in right now is before you commit 10, 50, hundred million dollars public cloud, like let's make sure it's spent on like the right things. Right. So that's kind of, that's, that's my overall, like kind of belief and take based upon what I'm seeing these days. That's a good analogy. And these things can become permanent, right? Particularly once you make it easy. Um, there's not much of a reason to go backwards on these types of things. So is there anything you want to promote 
plug. Like I, I know when I'm looking on your Twitter feed, you're hiring people like every other day. So like any, any uh, roles open at advantage these days? Uh, yeah, kind of consistently. So, um, I mean, yeah, the, the, I would say in the events that you're working at a, a, a company that has optimization top of mind, this is something that, that we work with organizations of all shapes and sizes on, uh, which is Vantage. It's a www.vantage.sh. You can go and sign up and, and get a free kind of like analysis or check. And then, yeah, for sure, like we're hiring people kind of across the board. We raised a $21 million Series A in the early part of the year, and that's actively being used in, in full force on hiring kind of high-performing people to across sales, engineering, marketing, a whole bunch of open roles uh, just to kind of support support the cause. And those are probably the, the two best uh, kind of things to promote here. Um, but uh, no, oh, other than that, just just happy to, to join the call and have the conversation and, and everything along those lines. Awesome. Look, like this has been very helpful because this is one of those topics, right? Like you, anyone can, oh yeah, it's, you got to watch those costs and get them down. But like understanding, well, how exactly does that happen? How does this all make sense? This is incredibly helpful to get your vantage point from Vantage. I didn't even think of that uh, <laughs> joke there. The, the Vantage from Vantage was incredibly helpful. And we'll put some stuff in the show notes in terms of you guys have these very interesting cloud cost reports. Um, that I think like investors and practitioners uh, could find some insights in and things like that will be in the show notes. And look, Ben, we really appreciate you joining. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Enjoy the questions and uh, yeah, look to join again in the future as, as things shift and change. Awesome, Ben. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.